the Sound of Hockey episode 265. We're calling this one the Oliver Ekman Larson episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Ekman Larson has 265 even strength points as of now. This so season this might not age well. No. Okay. Um, I'm I'm willing to bet that if he gets another point between now and like when this podcast comes out, no one will notice. And we'll call next week the two the. Ekman oh, that's Larson, a good idea. Yeah, if it gets too successful. We could just keep rolling yeah, yeah. with... Uh, Let's see if he can keep pace with our podcasting. Great. Uh, a, he's a point per pod player. <laughs> <laughs> new stat, new Atlanta, yeah. advanced stat. This is Sound of Hockey. I'm Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL to Seattle on the Twitter, I guess. And Curtis Isaacki. Hello, Curtis. Hi, everyone. Deep Sea Hockey on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Bar Down Studios. Also follow us at sound underscore hockey on the Twitter or the X, whatever you prefer to call it. I actually don't care. Um, and follow us at sound of hockey on Instagram. Right, John? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, make sure to join our Patreon if you haven't already. Throw a few bucks our way, get some extra content. We got some cool stuff coming up. We're actually recording right after this episode. Um, we did our mailbag on Patreon last week, and one of the questions was asking for if you're putting together all of the uh, like the attributes of the perfect Kraken player made up of like parts and things to do with past or current Kraken players. Uh, what would it be? So we're all going to draft a team of Kraken players. And, and just pickleball partners, trivia team members, uh, road trip co-pilots. Uh-huh. That's that's the attributes we're looking for out of yeah. this draft. Uh, I've done zero preparation, but I get the feeling that you've probably put a little bit of thought into this, John, which concerns well, me a little bit. <laughs> I worked on the attributes. <laughs> right. So yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I feel like I can, you know, come up with some good ideas on the fly, but we'll see. I am also, as I've mentioned to the two of you, I'm a little tired right now. The, Might be a little messy tonight. The right? bags under my eyes could easily contain all of your hockey gear. I could just carry your <laughs> hockey gear in the bags under my eyes. Good thing it's right next to you, too. I know. Yep. I should start packing them up. Speaking of Patreon, let's do our Patreon starting lineup tonight. I'm going to read it in the style of one Everett Fitzhugh. So here is a uh, crack at that. No pun intended. <laughs> Okay, and they'll shoot it in on Kyle J, and he'll set it back for BJB. BJB taking it up through the defensive zone. He finds Jack I at the blue line. Jack I dishes to Hillary. She carries it over the line and into the offensive zone. Hillary rings it around to EV9. EV9 over to Adam B. Finds EV9 at the top of the slot. Back to Adam B. Back door, and they score. That was the best one yet, I gotta right, say. Yeah, yeah like that was that pretty good. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Well, hey, thank you to our Patreon members. Thank you to our Patreon starting lineup. Congratulations on that beautiful goal. That was a highlight reel goal for sure. <laughs> so, yep. you, you know, the Twitter intern has a great uh, uh, Kyler Yamamoto goal celebration. Do you know what Everett Fitzhughes, uh, Kyler Yamamoto goal celebration is? His is, uh, uh, yes, stop yammer time. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's great. Does he, he do I, stop as well? He I'm, does. I'm not sure, but he and I discussed that one. Yeah. yeah. I know it's Yammer time. Listen to it on the way back from the uh, game last night. It was a tremendous call. Yeah. Twitter intern has come up with a couple now. Yamagolo. Um, I actually asked Kyler Yamamoto if he preferred Yamagolo or Yamamote goal. 
<laughs> and his response was, I really don't care. So, like, he truly couldn't have cared less on that one. So, um, we're that just going to carry on. Were you um, feeling shame for asking? I that? felt a little, a little stupid <laughs> after I asked that one. Yeah. Cause he, like, didn't, you know, sometimes they'll be like, uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a weird question. Right. And they'll kind of just like walk away. That one, he was like, I, I, feel dumber because you asked me that question you know what I mean like that was how I took it so um and then so yeah the other one though was uh Yamamiya which I actually took that one from Kraken PR they always put that in the yeah. in the media notes but I oh not I sorry the Twitter intern ooh, almost <laughs> could almost, be anyone almost slipped there that was close but yeah the Twitter intern did a little bit of graphic design and turned Mario into Kyler Yamamoto or maybe vice versa and it says Yamamiya did you see that one John yeah I love that I showed that too <laughs> Am. Yeah. yeah, graphic design is the Twitter intern's passion. So um, before we really get started with the show, we want to do a quick shout out to our guy, Chet Buchanan, who uh, he missed, I think it was three games for the Kraken. He missed the back-to-backs, and I think it was the game before that, maybe. So yeah, I think it was three games. Yeah. And he, like, people were, you know, like, hey, where's where's Chet? We, met, we need Chet. The, the guys who replaced him did a good job. I just, you know, Chet's our guy. We're pro-Chet. Um, and turns out he was off doing his toy drive that he does annually. Um, we didn't ask him about this when he came on the podcast, and we really should have because it's a pretty incredible thing that he does. It's down in Las Vegas where he does his uh, his radio show, but he literally sleeps on, like, scaffolding up in the air for yeah. – is it 12 days, I think he said? It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Right? And it's a toy drive for many, many different organizations that they raise it for. It's – I think he said $800,000 worth of like wow. toys and donations. They had 42 cool. truckloads of toys and he sent me a couple of pictures. It was insane how many like bicycles they had and I mean just an unbelievable thing that he's doing. So, uh that was pretty cool. We had to give him a shout out. Uh we were happy to have him back at the game on Tuesday. And coincidence that they won when he returned? I think probably not. No, well, and Allison was between the benches too. Right. So that's so that another, might be the yeah. Is that's that the, the combination? That's the need. magic sauce. The right formula. There. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. The vibes were pretty low. Then the vibes were pretty good. Yeah. So it's yeah. like if you mix ranch and don't mix anything. Maybe with buffalo sauce. I could see that. Oh, yeah. Buffalo I sauce could see okay, that. Right. That would work. I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. I started to. You notice I stopped because I was like, yeah. "Is that actually a combination I like?" I'm not really sure. Uh, what about um, mayonnaise and ketchup? That's pretty good. I'm not big on mayonnaise. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Well, mayonnaise a lot to talk about <laughs> when it comes to the Kraken. Um, we also, oh, I I forgot, shame. We have some shame. We oh, haven't yeah. done this in a while. Shame, 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 shame. 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 Uh, so, John, I understand that we have all done something wrong, and I actually don't know what it is. So I've been on the edge of my seat trying to find out what the shame is here for the last 24 hours. Well, I believe it was on the Patreon mailbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked a question about, hey, when you pull the goalie, do they ever consider going five forwards and one defenseman? Okay. And we're like, oh, no, no, they don't do that. They don't do that. Which surprises me that I would be so dismissive about were that. Were we that dismissive of it? Probably I didn't not. think we were. Probably not. I'm exaggerating. He's exaggerating for yeah. effect. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And uh turns out Kraken do it quite a bit where they put five forwards and one defenseman. So not just were we wrong about the league, but we were wrong about the crack in doing it. It tends oh. to be uh, apparently Vince Dunn and Oliver Bjorkstrand on the points and then four other four other forwards. But I'm now watching this very closely. And in the Florida game, when Florida pulled their goalie with five minutes left, they kept the namesake of this episode, Oliver Ekman Larson, 
and Aaron Eckblad on the ice. So they kept two defensemen. So at least some other teams do it that way. The okay. Kraken do not. We also have some shame for Curtis. Indeed. Uh, yep. So the Twitter intern was tweeting, which makes sense, um, about <laughs> uh, Andre Burakovsky's impending return, which more on that in a minute. I was tugging at my collar there for added effect, but that doesn't work very well no. on an audio podcast. But yeah, so the, the quote was something about Andre Burakovsky was chomping at the bit to get back in. So the Twitter intern spelled it the correct way, which is C-H-A-M-P-I-N-G at the bit. Mm. It's a reference to horses from like way back in the day because if the, the bit is the thing that goes in their mouth on the like on the bridle, I think it's called. And then when they're like getting excited to run, they start grinding their teeth on the bit. And that's that word is chomping spelled C-H-A-M-P-I-N-G. Have you confirmed this with Eddie Olchek? He seems uh, like he would know. Yeah, that's right. I have not, but I've confirmed it with my good friend, Google. Oh, Google. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mr. so anyway, uh, huh? Mr. Google. Tom, Tom, Jonathan, Google the second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Curtis uh, responded to that and says, I know that the Twitter intern just had a, I don't, what did you say, like a typo or something? Yeah, it's like, this is a typo or something, and I was mm-hmm. making some joke. I'm yeah, and then sure. you just got yeah. quickly dunked on that. <laughs> you, know, you, in fact, have it wrong, sir. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, that is true. Uh, apparently, the classical form is with an A. Yeah, but then the Twitter intern, whoever that is, uh, for all of that um, clout that he or she or they had gathered up with that moment of dunking upon Curtis, <laughs> uh, really gave it right back by uh, tweeting out something indicating that a signing by the Coachella Valley Firebirds could indicate something to do with Chris Drieger being with the Kraken for a long time. And then a bunch of people were like, no, that's not what it is. They just need a goalie because they don't literally don't have one right now. Because it was hurt. Right. So that was, uh, that was a tough moment for the Twitter intern. It's Um, good to have a goalie. Yeah. Yeah. Goalies are important. I've heard. Well, depends on who you ask. Some people don't (laughs) seem to like them very much. So I think they're pretty important. That's for sure. Okay, let's talk about what's happened here over the last couple of weeks with, well, I guess weeks. just the last week. It has felt like a couple of weeks yeah, this week. Yeah, it a lot feels, has been going on. Yeah. Last week has been quite the month, let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, I tweeted it out the other day from my personal account that uh, I woke up on, on Monday and I was like, man, it has been a long week. What? <laughs> <laughs> and it is Monday. So, um, yeah, so it's it's been an interesting week because the Kraken really did hit uh, what feels like hopefully rock bottom on the season this week they finished up an eight game losing streak with losses consecutive losses at home to new jersey two to one uh to tampa bay four to three in overtime and then to minnesota three zero um and then they followed that up with a big four zero win over the florida panthers and now i'm i'm pretty sure they're going to win the stanley cup after that one (laughs) you guys agree based on what you saw in that one game (laughs) Uh, yeah. Uh, the math says no, but hey. The math also says they're actually only a few points out of a wild card spot right now, so. Yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the optimist in me tells me they can still do it, so. Um, anyway. Uh, so you're yeah. saying there's a chance. You're saying that there's a chance. It was very interesting, though. Here's, here's one thing that I took away from looking back at this week. Uh, I got to a point. I don't know about you guys, but I got to a point where I kind of just accepted losing. And I wrote about this in three takeaways last night that like coming to the rink, I was like, 
yeah, they'll probably lose tonight. That's fine. It's just, it's how it's going to be. And then instead they won. And I was like, oh, that was great. What a fun game. And I walked out of there feeling all good. And I was like, oh yeah, that can happen. They can win games and it can make you feel really good. And that's what happened. The next day you're feeling good. There's a little skip in your step. The sun was out. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Trust me. Again, I don't, I, I wish... It did not emotionally impact me, winning and losing. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And I'm embarrassed to admit, but it does, it's right? So and uh, the and people then, around me in my life know that too. And you look back and you're like, oh man, that was awesome. Sure, they're one and eight in their last nine, but that <laughs> that one, that was pretty great. So That's recency bias yeah. right there. But the thing is, the the dichotomy, or maybe the juxtaposition, what's the right word here? I think it's the juxtaposition between how the dressing room felt after the New Jersey game versus how the dressing room felt after Florida. It was like two different worlds. I mean, it felt like somebody had just died in front of everybody after that New Jersey game. Jared McCann was sitting in his stall, just hunched over, head in his hands for like 10 minutes. And normally when we get in there, everybody's out of there. They're, they're on doing whatever it is that they do to recover from these games. Um, the only people that are in there are media, the PR people, and then whoever media has asked to talk to. That's pretty much it. Sometimes there's like the equipment guys are gathering stuff up. Sometimes there's a couple of guys that are still getting some equipment dealt with. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. He just sat there quietly. When he finally got up, he was furious. Now he had had he had had a very good game, but did not score and had some incredible chances in that game. Um, and so I think he really was kind of hard on himself. But um, yeah, I mean to go from Including that the crossbar, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Late in the game, yeah, yeah. really. Um, but to go from that to then, you know, we're waiting outside and we hear him playing uh, the the Wanderer that that old song um, from outside, which was a pretty random victory song but they played it twice so i'm like okay they're really enjoying this yeah. particular song tonight um and they're hooting and, you know it was just it was like oh my god this is what it's like to be in the building after a after a win what a feeling yeah i mean when you're in the middle of a losing streak like that particularly a game like new jersey where they did play pretty well i thought you yeah. know they kind of carried the balance of the shot quality and and the balance of the game i thought that they played well probably outplayed new jersey um when you're in the middle of a losing streak and you still lose a game like that, it can feel pretty dire. It's like, how are we ever going to break through? If we can't break through on this night, how's it ever going to happen? Yeah. And, and then you, you, I think Tampa Bay, they played relatively well. And I think even Minnesota, they played relatively well. They even, even though, had a lead against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I know. And that was the first lead unpre- since November since 22nd. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and it's, and it's funny because I've been getting bummed about the losses, but at the same time, I'm like, well, teams like really not playing that poorly they like, just can't score i'm not saying they yeah. should have won these games maybe right. new jersey tampa i thought they you know they had a lead in the third so yeah they could have won i'm not saying they should have won um but and then minnesota is just a little bit of a little bit of rotten luck and just can't score um those power play opportunities where they kept like yeah. they had two of those cross crease passes where literally it was like the net was wide open and i think cartier had the first one maybe i know eberly had the second one and somehow the shot got shanked or like the defenseman just got his stick on it enough so that the puck went the wrong direction. Like right. not towards the net, but like out away from the net. And, you know, I mean, it's they just they don't convert on things like that. And it's like, OK, everyone is gripping their stick. I remember there was a, I forget what game it was now, but Matty Beneers had two chances where he deked around the goalie and then like 
was behind the goalie shooting into an open net and somehow like shanked it wide. You know, like these guys, they just had no offensive confidence. So, I mean, you know, we tend to over, over index, over analyze wins and things like that. But hopefully, hopefully last night's game will give them just a little bit of a confidence boost and they can start putting the puck in the net a little bit. Yeah. And I don't even think they dominated Florida, right? Like it was a four zero game, but the first, first period, they didn't have much going on, but so, neither team really did. But but Florida had probably more chances. So I actually very much agree with you, John. I, I mean, I don't want to take away anyone's joy from this Florida game, but I think the don't yuck my yum. <laughs> Here we go. I, I think the Florida game actually was from an offense standpoint. They started slow yet again. They, yeah. they, they oh, almost, I agree. They, I totally agree. They like couldn't do anything in the first period, and uh, this is just something that we'd seen for games and games. And it was you know Joy Decord made a couple of saves. Uh, early kept the kept the game scoreless and you know and then they just needed that one break to go their way they finally got the break to go their way long stretch pass from Will Borgen hits Kyler Yamamoto he breaks in roofs it um it's a uh Yamagolo uh, Yamagolo (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready for it was not ready um, for it uh and from there things started to open up because they were leading instead of chasing the game right um the Kraken could play more conservative, play within their structure, not take unnecessary chances. Uh, the Panthers had to do the opposite. So the rest of the game kind of played out kind of the opposite the way the other games have been going. The Panthers got more shots, but they were worse shots. The Kraken got the better opportunities and scored and won. Evan Rodriguez's quote after the game was, they did to us, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but basically it was like, they did to us what we do to most teams. And right? Yeah, like let's not lose lose the fact that Florida is a really good team, right? Yeah. And so they just beat a really good team. So and, and they are they are pretty similar in, in yeah. some like the way the Kraken want to play is the way that the Panthers were playing through the playoffs last year and have been playing for much this year, heavy four check like that that type of game. And they are similar. And so that's that's a like I think a a compliment to where you know the Kraken if they can get back to there consistently, um, then you know then they're on the right track. But John, to your point earlier, that this losing streak has been frustrating because they haven't been playing that poorly. I think it is borne out by the numbers. I mean, they, you know, if you look at the overall shot quality they're getting, they tend to be right there. You know, it's kind of yeah. like, uh, but they just couldn't get the first goal, gripping the sticks, and it just was breaking poorly, night after night after night. They flipped the script against Florida. I think mostly because Joey Decord kept them in it in the first period. Yeah, and he did not give up any goals in the game, which generally is quite helpful to your chances towards winning. Um, but yeah, particularly generally, in that first period, yeah. I thought he he played really well. You mentioned some big saves early. He had one on Aaron Eckblad that I thought was a fantastic save. Um, and it wasn't just that. And I, again, I wrote about this in, in Through Takeaways, so if you read that, you're going to hear some of the same takes. But, um, you know, he... He had the save on Ekblad where Ekblad came in. It's three on one. He makes a good hard move to uh, to Joey's right, and Joey just out of nowhere like flares out the pad. I'm like, oh, he's beaten here. You know, like watching it live, I thought he was beaten, and he just kicked it away like it was nothing. And then he had another one too where I forget who shot it and and even who tipped it, but there was like one of those high tip plays that Seattle had gotten scored on recently, and the puck slowed down and changed directions, and he just like went down, but like didn't change he just looked so in control you know so I I felt like he was sharp from the beginning um and yeah it was a fantastic game for him um I do have some complaints a couple of grievances mm. number one Festivus for Festivus yes. he, for Festivus. Festivus is on December 23rd so okay, we're still next episode maybe yeah but um the first one my first grievance the 
Panthers pulled Sergei Bobrovsky with north of five minutes left. They had a 3-0 lead. Joey got the puck behind the net. Oh, I got He you. did not shoot at the empty net, which I was disappointed by. He was asked after I, after the yeah. game. He said that it bounced, the puck was bouncing a little bit. He said, I would have had to make a highly skilled play to be able to put that one on net. So, fair enough. I, I, I literally, when he got the puck beyond the net, I literally yelled, shoot the puck. Dude, it like got loud in the arena, right? Like People were <sighs> yeah. anticipating it. Like, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh, he rimmed it around the glass. <laughs> I mean, he had in the game earlier iced the puck and cleared the puck on a uh, penalty kill by yeah. himself. So we'd done it twice already that game. <laughs> right. Um, by the way, we, we didn't really talk, or when are we going to talk about why he was in that? Uh, we'll get to it. Okay. Yeah, we'll, it's coming. We'll yeah. um, We're talking about good things, right? Now. Right, good things okay. right now. Okay. Uh, so the other, the other complaint was his, uh, he really got the crowd going with his twirling of the fish. Oh, another Looked yeah. like he was like really going to hurl it out there, and he just screwed it up and threw it straight down into the ice. So McCann had similar challenge earlier this year. Yeah. And he's he's yeeted before. He's a he's a Is seasoned eater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I just wonder, should they consider doing it more like a football though? I feel like trying to whip it by that tail. Cause the thing is it's a heavy fish with not much like it's a very Belmar, flimsy Belmar tail. did a did a fish toss. Okay. Not a not a whip it uh-huh. up there. So uh-huh. And that, but you can't get that that far, right? If you're doing no, that. sure. I mean, I think on record, on record, Burakovsky probably has the the biggest yeet of them all. Okay, it went pretty pretty deep. <laughs> it sounds oddly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That's been noted only only by Darren. <laughs> noted for the record. Speaking of Homst, Andre Burakovsky, we alluded to it earlier that he returned to action Yee. against the New Jersey Devils. And he played all of, what was it, a period and a half, maybe like almost two periods. Took a high hit from Kevin Ball in the same corner where Jacob Truba injured him the first time around this season. Um, And then he went down the tunnel, returned for part of the third period, played like two pretty short shifts. You could tell he was really in pain. He was wincing a lot. I was really keeping a close eye on him on the bench. He continued to sit on the bench. Then I was like, all right, well, maybe he's not like hurt that bad. Maybe it's continuation. Totally new injury. He's back on injured reserve. And um, yeah, we don't have much of, a, much of a timetable for him. So you can't make that up. You cannot make it up. He misses half the season, plays six games, sits out for 20 with the injury, comes back, plays almost two periods, gets hurt again, back on injured reserve. And because he was checked into the same corner of mm-hmm. the same rink of ice. You know what right? I put together, too? You ready for this? Ooh. Oh, You guys boy. ready for it? Okay. Last year, tears his groin against the New York Islanders. Unconfirmed. This year, confirmed. They didn't say. They did say that. Oh, they did? Yeah, I think this the year they finally. Yeah, they okay. did yeah. say that at some yeah. point, yeah, yeah, that he had to. Oh, yeah, I was in the room. Ron Francis said it. At the end of the season. Yes. Darren's not going to forget when someone mentions an injury like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There was then against the New York Rangers, he gets thrown into the corner, injures his shoulder, upper body, injures his upper body. How's that? Then finally against the New Jersey Devils in the same corner, right? He gets hurt again. So we got all three of the tri-state teams. Yeah, we just got to keep them. We away might from the just tri-state. need to keep him out of those games against yep. the tri-state teams. Who are we playing? New York Islanders. Get him out of there. Just exactly. get him. Get healthy, him out. Healthy scratch. Yep. Healthy yep. scratch. <laughs> healthy scratch. Personal reason. Something exactly. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Make something up. Get him out of the games against the tri-state teams because those are not going well. Uh, another injury. Philip Grubauer got hurt in the Minnesota game. Um, didn't look good. I don't think we've really gotten a timetable yet from Dave Haxall. Not that he really gives one, but like I, I don't think he really said 
what's going on. Like, is he week to week? Is week to week? That's what they put him as. Okay, Uh, and he's on IR. He is on IR, so that means minimum seven days. Um, Yeah, it looked to me like either a groin or a hip kind of a thing. He was going across and. It just looked like he kind of stretched too far and got hurt. It, was, it looked very similar to his injury last season. It's a big save, to be honest, like at a time where yeah. it kept him in the game. That stinks. Yeah, it does stink. So um, the, the only friendly amendment is it was during the Tampa Bay Lightning game. But otherwise. Is during, that when he got hurt? Yeah, he got, he got injured during the Lightning game. Yeah. And it was too bad. He was having a very good game, keep, keeping them in it. Um, yeah. You know, he'd given up a couple early, but they were kind of fluky-looking goals. Yeah. Um, time is a flat circle. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that recently. But. You did. You did mention that. Actually did play pretty well. Like, those goals were nothing he could do about it because yep. they were, like, backdoor passes and nobody nobody was covering the defense. But anyway, yep. he was he was actually playing relatively well the last couple of games. Uh, kind of the classic Grubauer thing, right? I mean, Yeah, it's I mean, like, there's times where he, he's let in some softies, but... Those weren't. We, those yeah, weren't. not in the last week. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to talk about, so that's our injury update, um, which is exciting stuff, but... On the other side of that, oh, and also Justin Schultz got hit in the face of the puck and lost some teeth, so At he's least missed. One. He's At missed some teeth. games. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's got two. Missing. Two two teeth out. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I'm like counting with my tongue. How many teeth would that be? That's it's easily two. It's bigger than a single tooth gap. I think. Um, but yeah, I think so. That's an interesting segue too because he's kind of been involved in this conversation now since Riker Evans got recalled last week for the first time. Uh, he played his first game against the Devils. I thought he looked very smooth. Literally his first shift, he leads a rush up ice. Um, he makes a play behind the net where he like does this little backhand move and banks it off the boards and like reverses and sends Andre Palat flying like it was imp- it was an impressive debut I thought. I thought he he got burned once defensively, but other than that I was like this dude looks real confident. I think that's a little bit bullish on I mean, it's just his first game. He played he played great for his first game, but there were more than one mistake. Okay. Out there, but he he's getting comfortable. He's looked better, but he was. I wanted to bring up he was paired with Schultz at the time, right? So yeah. So interestingly, Schultz. Then uh, they the first night they scratched Schultz, put him with Dumoulin, which I was surprised by because they're both lefties. Um, but then the next night they flipped it, so they had Riker Evans in with Schultz. Schultz, I think that was the night that Schultz got hit with the puck. If my yes, okay. So Schultz leaves. They come back with uh, with Riker Evans and Dumoulin, and I think I kind of like those two together. I just think Schultz like plays a little too offensive of a game to be Riker Evans's D partner. You know? Yeah, they're more they're more similar, right? Yeah. And they don't complement each other as well. The one scary thing is Dumoulin foot speed isn't that great about kind of getting back if if say Riker kind of Goes joins the ice, rush yeah. or or pinches and and aggressive because you want him doing that that's what it's yes that's what he's good at but it's also you know and I asked Haxtell about this too is like kind of what what makes him capable of playing at this level and he said you know he does we want him to rush the puck to be offensive yeah. but one of the things that makes him so good about it is he doesn't do it in a risky way. Like he does it when it's right, when the team has their guys in the right spot, you know, like things like that. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting. And, um, you know, to your point, John, I don't think that Riker Evans is going to too often go sprinting up the ice without Dumoulin back playing. But defense. but I'm saying even Dumoulin back is not. You worried that he's going to get yeah, burned or something. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not. I don't know. Curtis, you got to. Uh, I think you put yourself in a rabbit hole there. And no, you're looking I, for Curtis I to dig you out. I think Dumoulin can get beat. Yeah, right. Um, that that's all I'm saying. And but to your point and Axtell's point, I haven't seen him like take 
unnecessary risks up the ice. What mm-hmm. I think he's he's adjusting to is the timing and the speed that that people are on him, right? In the defensive zone, maybe not when he's like rushing the puck, but like in the corners and along the boards where he's getting the puck. I think he's people are on him a little bit quicker that he's just adjusting to the speed compared to the AHL. That's yeah. that's just my my take. I I, I, actually, I think he's looking better every game, yeah, I should say. Yeah. So I actually agree with that that last point. I think his offensive instincts are pretty great already. I mean, I, I was I've been going back and watching some of his shifts because I've been interested in in your board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like barely keeping my head above water. So if you want to, you know, take some of this stuff off my plate, Curtis, I'd be right there. Yeah, like a three yeah, takeaway no, 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 there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but but there was a there was an example in the Tampa Bay game. There, like the same exact scenario came up in the Tampa Bay game, the first period of the Tampa Bay game, and then again in the Panthers game, where he has a puck at the uh, left point. It looks like the forward in front of him rotates, so he might have space to skate down the boards. In the Tampa Bay game, uh, a defender flexes out. Uh, to kind of cut him off, it, it opens a lane for a shot on goal. He takes it. He doesn't turn it down. And then in the Panthers game, no one comes out to take him in that same scenario. He skates around back behind the goal, centers it. Once he comes out the other side, finds Belmar for a goal. It's okay. kind of like both of those reads were exactly correct. Yeah, that and and like so in the offensive zone, I don't have concerns. I am with you though that on. You know, he's a good backward skater, like he has the tools for it. Um, it, It's just, you know, kind of getting all the reads precisely correct. Like there are occasions where he's cutting off, you know, attacking forwards really well, uh, you know, like kind of pushing them into the boards. But his boards play is a little bit uneven. You know, there are times where, you know, he took a penalty. In the Tampa Bay game, uh, a tripping penalty on a board battle he just lost. Um, So, I mean, these things are going to happen. He's he's not a, you know, he's not... Dumoulin's size. Right. You know, he's going to have to learn how to succeed at his size. And he's got a lot of different tools to be able to do that, but it's not it's not perfect yet. It, what an amazing stretch of games for him to go through, right? Like, yeah. think about him playing against Tampa Bay, and I think he was on the ice with Barkoff a little bit, and I'm like, yikes, like like crazy that he's he's stepping in there and looking looking decent, right? Looking stable, I should say, right? Yeah. Um, nobody looks great against Barkoff, but... Uh, yeah, in the Panthers game, yeah. yeah. Um And one other thing that stood out to me about him is he's had, in Coachella Valley, he had some issues with penalties. He was taking a lot of penalties. And in the Tampa Bay game, he got into like this protracted, over a couple periods at least, like physical battle with Essimont, like one of the Mm, forwards for Tampa Bay. And it looked like Essimont was like trying to bait him into taking a penalty. He was like doing like kind of borderline stuff to Riker to try and like you know, test this rookie out. And Evans kept his composure through the whole thing. And I thought that was pretty impressive and kind of was delivering checks back, you know, kind of within the rules. So I, I I liked what I saw from him on that too. He kind of withstood the rookie test there. He does seem to be one of the more level-headed just humans I've ever met. He's just very... Man. Yeah, he's kind of like him and Haxtall are kind of like <laughs> birds yeah, of they, a feather. They're similar, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing, and this is uh, this is an inside scoop right here. You guys ready for this? Yeah, let's hear it. So Joey said in his press conference, which Joey's press conference was hilarious the other night, by the way. He talked like when he got asked about the not shooting 
he did smile. the he did the like shifty eyes. He said Adam <laughs> Larson came down with shifty eyes because he was shocked that he didn't <laughs> didn't shoot, which is really hard to like quote that when you're you know. But um, anyway, uh, so in that press conference, he referred to Riker as Blade Boy, and then said, "I'm not telling you guys why he's called Blade Boy, but I got the inside scoop. He's called Blade Boy." Because Riker Evans has 35 pairs of blades, like the steel that go in his skates. And then he doesn't have, like, team staff for any of the teams that he's played for. Sharpen the steel. He sends it to his guy in Calgary, which I think is pretty funny. So he's so he's Blade Boy. How many do you think he goes through? Like how He said uh, he wears them for about two games, and then he switches them out. And he won't let it, he won't sharpen them at nope. all in those two games? Nope. And he sends them to his guy. That's interesting. Obviously, yeah. I've heard about players being particular with their sticks or, you know, only they'll handle various aspects. But um, that's a cool story. Good yeah. scoop. Yeah, I love He's that. Blade I love boy. that. Yeah. Blade boy. Blade boy. I said it was kind of like uh, when you, you have your, your barber, right? Like there's people mm-hmm. that are like, ah, I got to go home to my, my parents' yeah. house this weekend so right. I can get my hair cut. And you're like, oh, well, why'd you, why? There's uh, <laughs> They have that here, you know? Um yeah. Anyway, uh, last thing I want to talk about before we head down on the farm Moo. is um, <laughs> there's <laughs> they have a new show out, the uh, the Winter Classic, Road to the Winter Classic, it's called. The Kraken are being featured. So they've had cameramen around uh, or like a whole camera crew around, you know, just filming. And you can tell that players are like mic'd up and coaches are mic'd up and things like that. So I watched it today. It was pretty good. Um, it's definitely like gives a little bit more insider insight. And you like hear some actual conversations, I guess, between players and coaches and things like that, which is cool because we don't we don't get to hear that. Um, but I think comparing, you know, do you guys remember the the one with Bruce Boudreau where he screamed oh, yeah. a lot of obscenities? That was like peak television for me. Oh, yeah. You know, like that was so good. And I think, I mean, you know, knowing the Kraken organization, like mm. they're pretty secretive. So like, I don't think they're going to let anything like that really get shown on TV. But yeah, I mean, nonetheless, I thought it was pretty cool. I think we just saw some some parts of the preparation for the game and things like that that we don't normally get to see. So I uh, would recommend. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, Riker's kind of profiled pretty heavy. And yes, he uh, is. I, th- I thought having his mom mic'd during his first game was really cool. She had a great line where she yeah. he was out on his first shift and she said, oh, my God, I could barf right now. Which I <laughs> was very funny. So yeah. uh, now let's go down on the farm. Moo. This is a WJC World Junior Championship heavy down in the farm. Curtis, would you like to take this one? Sure, sure. Um, pretty good so farm hand over there. All, all the, <laughs> Do a all, little bit of wrangling. <laughs> a little bit of, I'll wrangle as I can over here. A little here. bit of roping. Uh, so last, last week, I think we talked about how uh, Team Canada had named a 30-man roster for their select camp uh-huh. uh, that included included Carson Raycop, Jagger Ferkus, and Ty Nelson. Uh, the cuts uh, down to the 23-man roster that they'll be taking, that Canada will be taking to Sweden uh, were announced today. And unfortunately, uh, Jagger Ferkus and Ty Nelson were cut Boo. on the outside looking in. Jagger- I'm booing the cuts. I'm not booing them, in case that wasn't clear. Yes, we are not booing Jagger right. Ferkus and Ty Nelson. Yeah. Pro, um, pro Jagger, pro Ty. Yes. Podcast. Friend of the pod. Um, Ty is. Yes. And Jagger Furcus being cut came as something of a surprise, I think, to, yeah, I agree. to many. Um, mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, prolific scorer and uh, Team Canada doesn't really have, you know, the way they've constructed the team is more like 
how you might want to construct your kind of like ideal junior team. It's got a fourth line. It's got, uh, you know, it's got size. It's got size on the back end. But it doesn't just have like the 12 best Canadian scorers in it. That's not how they've constructed it. Uh, Jagger Furcus would certainly uh, be there if that's how they did it. But it seemed like from reporting he might have had a little bit of a tough uh, select camp. So he's on the outside looking in right now. There is an extra roster spot there that I guess Team Canada is hoping to get a uh, player from the NHL like Zach Benson or uh, Matthew Poitra. Um, uh, but if they don't get one of those guys, then uh, then Jagger Furcus is a possibility. I We need to check the pronunciation. Well, I would trust his opinion because I was wondering how to say that. Mm. Mm. How do you spell it? Poitra? Uh, it's, it's spelled like Poitras, uh, okay. but it's he's French Canadian. Poitras. No, that's not that's not what it is. <laughs> Definitely not. Do you have no. something in Poitras? <laughs> I think that's it sounded identical to what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Jagger Furcus is out for now. Maybe he gets back. We'll we'll have to see. Um, but it's disappointing right now. Um, Team Finland announced its roster uh, as expected. Yanni Newman and uh, Nicholas Coco are there. Uh, Coco is expected to be the the lead goaltender, and Newman on the first line. Um, Team Czechia announced its roster. Edward Schala is there as we expected. Again, he should probably be a top line player, at least top six. And then uh, Team Sweden announced its roster, and surprising at least to me, but I guess it wasn't surprising to a good friend of the pod, Chris Peters. Um, uh, Zeb Forsfjall, uh made the team. He's uh, uh, he was a sixth round pick of the crack, and he's more of like a checking type player. I think if he's active, it's as a fourth line type of guy. But I really like him. But uh, but he's team, playing in the SHL, right? He's and, playing in the so SHL. Not all those guys are even playing in the SHL. Correct. Which... I mean, he's playing at a professional level. He's been playing at a professional level for like two years yeah. now. Like he's well thought of in, in Sweden for sure. It's just he has. Last I checked, he had thirty nine games in the SHL and has three points. So he's not, he's like, it's not, it, but that's not even that uncommon, right? No, for no, SHL, so. for, for sure. Yeah. But it, it's just, you know, it's not the type of profile that, you know, kind of s- always screams, you know, this guy yeah, is, yeah. is a lock. Um, but it seems like, you know, he's going to be there in a checking role. So uh, he's uh, probably going to be active for Sweden. So uh, if you're watching Canada, Czechia, Finland, Sweden, you should get a, get a lot of, a lot of cracking on your TV. I kind of looked at it and and like you should be able to see a Kraken in like thirteen out of the first sixteen games. It's like insane. Now it's one player, right? Seems so. kind of fun though. No, totally. It, like, but I will say, even having yeah. one prospect, right? Like I, yeah. I was still paying decently close attention to the Wild a couple of years ago. Marco Rossi was playing for Austria. Austria mm-hmm. was getting beat like twelve nothing in these but games. Right? Like, oh, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch, watch the Austria yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. See how Marco Rossi does. Like he's not gonna do anything. Do you know, <laughs> off the top of your head, maybe asking both of you, like how many prospects you're used to seeing for your for the Bruins or the Wild? Not like, this many. The one time that the Kraken had like a few guys was like the Mikhail Granlund year, and that was Minnesota, I think they had four. You said what? You said what did Kraken. I say? You said Kraken. Did I? I, I love that Freudian slip. Man, that's great. That's unfortunate. I know, that was funny. I'm like, tremendous. I don't think Granlund's played. For... You know what I meant, though. Yeah, I, I did. Knew what you meant. I did. Yeah. But they only had a few guys still. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, maybe the year with uh, Kaprizov for Russia, too, they had I, a few guys. I can't recall too many Sharks playing World Juniors, yeah. period. So prospects. But I probably wasn't watching the no, game this is cool. nearly I mean, as much as I did. Even yeah. with the Ferguson Nelson disappointment, there's still, you know, five guys out there to watch. So, yeah. Five guys, burgers and fries. Indeed. <laughs> Not a sponsor Not of the a show. Sponsor. No. Cut that. Maybe. <laughs> no, don't cut that. Um, all right. Next, we're going to go to segments. And our first segment is everyone's favorite segment. Goalie gear. 
<laughs> Corner! <laughs> oh, uh, that didn't work very well. No, that sounded horrible. No, I'm struggling. Uh, okay, so our first goalie gear corner, we're going to do the non-Kraken goalie gear first, and then we're going to do a little Kraken goalie talk, goalie gear talk. So the first one comes from the KHL All-Star Game. We, do, we don't do a lot of KHL talk these days just because, you know, there's reasons. Um, but uh, this... His mask is a little outrageous. You know the masks that are like they try to make him look like uh, the guy's like wearing a hat on his mask. So um, that's what Vlad Podjapolsky, Podja not going to work here anymore, <laughs> did. He's got the hat. He's got the fake ears on the sides, which I remember Andy always hated the fake ears. He was never a fan of that. So it freaked him out. They also painted the cage of the mask so that like the the part with the face does actually it's like actually skin toned and then the top of the mask or the cage is like actually the the color of the blue hat the top of it looks knitted and then the thing that makes this one interesting though is he has the little pom-pom ball attached the actual fuzzy pom-pom ball attached to the mask and now i'm just wondering are we going to start seeing some sort of attachments to these masks i mean it was the all-star game this could be a trailblazing (laughs) moment i don't know about that but the KHL All-Star Games, a little loose on the rules, right? Yeah. So, Yep, it definitely is. Our next goalie gear corner, going back to the WJC, we really should have done this in reverse order. That yeah. would have been a better segue. We've talked about Adam Guyon before because he had a fantastic showing for Slovakia at the World Juniors last year. Remember, he was the guy that got like called up last minute. He was playing, I think, for the Green Bay Gamblers or yeah, something, uh, like something like that. It, like He came out of nowhere. He was not supposed to be on the team, showed up played incredible, gave Slovakia a chance in that tournament. Um, anyway, he's got a, a really, really cool uh, setup here. I think that they, it's a, yeah, it's a Brian setup, but they're not like able to have their logos show. Like there's some gear manufacturers that can't have their logo show for IAHF because they're not like a partner of IAHF. Uh, or whatever. Cool. So yeah. there's no, no branding on it. They're just clean. They've got a nice big blue, white, and red uh, mountain kind of range in the middle and then just the little Slovakian crest at the top. So uh, these are very, very cool. I really love them. Really like it. Yeah. So well done, uh, Adam Guyon. Well done, goalies only, uh, Brian's, but don't tell anybody um, that it's Brian's. And then now we kind of shift gears to the Kraken goalie gear. Now there's one little thing happening here, which is that Philip Grubauer is injured. We don't know what the what the outlook is for him in terms of whether or not he'll be back, but he does have a fantastic setup. Um, I am on record. I think I said it last week, in fact, that I was a little concerned that the Kraken goalies were going to go with brown gear. He did go with brown gear, but I really liked what he did with the accents. Um, it's just a, a pretty basic-looking true setup. It's all brown except right across the knee rolls or where the knee rolls used to be. He's got the like the ice blue and the dark blue and a little touch of red too. So I think it looks really sharp. There's like it's like a kind of a classic look, but then with uh, just a little touch of like bright colors that kind of evens it out so it's really nice yeah i like them okay um, we talk about his helmet too like we kind of we will not as we'll talk about okay. it okay i'm going out of memory right now normally i go off of like looking at pictures but the I, helmet he's already worn in a game right okay we're gonna yeah. talk about it all right all right don't worry Apologize. so he also has a matching mask to go with the brown gear for the winter classic it's got brown on the sides it's got i think it said seattle not crack in yeah i think it says seattle across the top the very top but it's like in the offset letters so it looks kind of funky 
Um, really, really sharp look. Um, so the mask that you're referencing, though, he wore a special mask this past week because they had Indigenous Heritage Night. Is that what it's called? Indigenous, Indigenous People's, People's Night. Okay. Yeah. And he wore a mask that was painted by a Coast Salish painter and artist. Uh, it had was it's I think they were salmon right on the side, but like in the in the Salish style of art, it looks so good. Really, really oh. beautiful mask. The thing about it though was that it was a little bit of like uh, you know it was a little bit risky because we had the whole thing with Mark Andre Fleury. I think it was like a two weeks ago maybe where he had a mask for um, Indigenous Peoples Night and the NHL pretty much told him no, and then he's like no, I'm gonna wear it anyway because they've got all their rules about. Whatever. I wish so. there was a little bit more clarity on that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, how, does he, like, go ask? Like, why go ask? Yeah. Well, all all equipment has to get approved for goalies. So they can't just, like, show up and wear something. Like, all the equipment has to get reviewed Even and approved. helmets? All equipment. Because they have it- to... That, so Joey gets a new mask. I don't know if they send it to the league physically or first. Local-ish. I I don't know exactly how that works, but... Because they have to like make sure that the measurements are the right size within the right. you know all that stuff, and there's no funny business happening with the gear, so it has to get checked out before they can wear it. We don't want to jigger, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, so he wore it. Uh, I guess the kind of the loophole that he found, or that somebody found, is that he's going to continue to wear it more than just for that one night. So then the NHL said, okay, so that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like I like I don't know <laughs> why no you would anyway, but. Um, I, don't I don't understand the flurry situation, and, and he didn't care nope. either. Yeah. Nobody does. Nobody understands it. Um, I have more to tell you about that, but I can't talk about it on the podcast. So Sounds great. Yeah. Remind me when we're done recording, mm. and that'll just make people be like, oh, maybe what they talked about. Yeah. But it's not that scandalous. So okay. Okay. Cool. Um, you're not missing that much. Uh, the other piece is Joey Decord's gear. So Joey Decord also rolled his gear out. Uh, love it. Absolutely love it from head to toe. It's pretty much exactly what he wears currently, except that the pads and gloves, uh, he replaced all the like true white color with more of the cream color that's on the jerseys. So uh, it's it's so cool. I think it's like it just looks perfect mix of classic colors, but in a very modern design. I just think it looks awesome. So I'm eager to see it. Yeah. with the, the jerseys. I know. Right? I think it's yeah. going to really pop. Oh, yeah. And uh, he got one of the better masks I've seen in a long, long time from Shifty. So uh, they put baseball cards of Mariners players like all over it. They had Julio. They had Ichiro. They had uh, who else is Ken on Ken Griffey. There? Yeah, Ken, oh, yeah, yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. Ever heard of him. Um, <laughs> Cal Raleigh is on there. So. Edgar was on there, I think right? Edgar, yeah, yeah, Edgar Martinez. And then, um, yeah, and he's got like a mountain, you know, Mount Rainier on top of it. So oh, it looks, looks amazing. Great. And on Mount Rainier, he's got Sparky kind of like peeking over one of the mountains. What do they do with these when they're done? Right? Because there's so many of them. Yeah. Maybe like I'll if it was him. me, I'd like have a, a, a room full of them. A goalie gear corner? Not a corner. It would be a room. I have seen some some like old goalies will have like a wall. Like if they're doing you know a Zoom interview, they'll have this whole wall of masks behind them. And I'm like, oh my god, that's so. I know, but like, how many has Grooby had this year? Yeah, he's had what four or five. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's goalie gear corner, right? Did we cover everything? I think we did. I think we did. That's goalie gear corner. We'll have a robust month of goalie gear because of World Juniors coming. People kind of breaking out. New gear, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we now move on to John's favorite segment, which is also robust. 
bad boys. <laughs> uh, the Detroit Red Wings saw David Perron get suspended. This was a pretty weird and scary incident. So Dylan Larkin was like knocked out unconscious on the ice and David Perron kind of lost his mind and went after Artem Zub and really cross-checked him hard in the face. And it was a very obvious like intent to injure kind of Vicious. place. So, yeah. um, so David Perron got suspended six games. I did hear that they're appealing that though. The, the, um, the PA. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Anything you guys want to add? No, I just don't understand somebody's mindset where they would actually think to cross check somebody in the head like that, yeah. that vicious. Yeah. I understand him being upset, not justifying it, but you see, do you remember when Corey Perry hit um, Tavares in the playoffs and Tavares yes. was laying on? And then Felino, mm-hmm. I think it was Nick Felino. Okay. Yep. That sounds Went right. psycho mode on Perry, even though. It was pretty incidental. Like, yeah, it was not. It was not malicious, but that's what it reminded me of. Where it's like, oh, my, the captain's on the ice. Somebody's got to pay for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand Dylan Larkin is face down, like pretty clearly, like unconscious. But it's so clear that David Braun didn't see what happened because he hit the wrong person. So, like Artem Zub wasn't even there. Yeah. Totally agree. But like, why is your natural reaction to cross check somebody in the face? I, I'm with I would. You. I'm with you. I would have been somewhat okay with if he just jumped him, as in like, yeah, started fighting him. Yeah, but six games, he's paying the price. I think. Yep. Our next bad boys, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman Eric Goodbranson, has also been suspended one game. This is probably over by now. Has this suspension yeah. already happened? Yeah, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. let's just move on. Um, American Hockey League suspended Chicago. Oh, this is a bad one. Uh, this is a very bad boy. Uh, yeah, he suspended. Uh, they suspended Chicago Wolves head coach Bob Nardella for ten games uh, due to his actions in a um, game at Texas on December 9th. He used some very, very bad language, uh, some homophobic language. Which he's recently come out denying. Okay. But I don't know why they would suspend somebody without some kind of cross-validation. So we'll have to see what comes of that. Uh, And then two loosely Kraken-related bad boys is the first one, actually not Kraken-related at all anymore, but (laughs) Jeremy Lausanne was involved in this play where Austin Watson, this was the game, was this a game before the Kraken? Yeah, game before the Kraken played the Tampa Bay Lightning. Austin Watson, with the clock winding down, just seemed to get really mad and just wind up and rip a slap shot at Jeremy Lazan. It hit him in the foot, like very intentionally, ripped a slap shot at Jeremy Lazan, hit him in the foot. Jeremy Lazan was clearly hurt, limped off. I was like, that is ridiculous. And they only fined him for that. I, I really thought they should have. I don't know if it was um, targeted as you. You don't think so? You thought it was. I mean, accidental? I think it could be. It looked really intentional to me. But it was t- theoretically toward the net, right? Uh, it, it was not like. It's like an intentional grounding kind of, right? Like, oh, there's a receiver in the area. It's like 30 yards <laughs> past him. Right. It, it was a it was a frustrating scenario. Like, but uh, Jacob Truba, when he swung the stick at Trent Frederick's head, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, the puck was in the same end of the ice. Yeah. So he was yeah. trying to get the, the puck, puck was in the air. So he <laughs> figured if he just swung in the air, there's a non-zero chance he hits it. Could be. No matter where the puck was, is. <laughs> uh, and then Brendan, F- Brendan find <laughs> Brendan Smith also got fined. <laughs> for slew-footing Devin Shore uh, in that game against the uh, Devils. And actually, that one was interesting because Brendan Shore had just come back from a two-game suspension after he had that really vicious slash on Travis Konechny. So um, comes back, plays one game, gets fined. So, you know, making a a little progress when you think about it. That's true, but that's a bad boy right there. Yeah, Yeah, that's a bad boy. We also have a you-don't-see-that-every-day... 
which was Brady Kachuk almost getting a fight with Pyotr Kachekov. Now, we have seen Pyotr Kachekov get into fights before when he was with the Chicago Wolves last year. Yeah. He had he had a fight. This was a really interesting play, though. Uh, Brady Kachuk had a penalty shot because Kachekov got called for, like, throwing his stick. You know, Kachuk almost scored on the previous play. And then on the penalty shot, Kachuk comes down, makes a move. Kachekov goes diving out, kind of makes it look like he's poke-checking him. But then you watch the replay. He's nowhere near the puck. He's going right at his foot. He takes Brady Kachuk out. Kachuk flies into the boards, and Kachuk goes right after him. So they start yelling at each other. Um, It kind of looked like they were going to fight. But, um, yeah, that was an interesting move for Kachekov to just go straight at his foot. I don't know, man. He blocked the shot, right? He got the puck. But look what he does with his stick. He's not trying to... He's getting as wide as he could. I don't know, Mm. man. I... I mean, you're the goalie. Yeah. So I'm going to defer to the goalie. One thing I will I say I is know. what I was taught, what I was taught was you go for the puck, but if you miss the puck, you hit the feet, right? But you can't just go for the feet when he's got the puck over here on his left, way out here on the left, and he shoved his stick hard into his right foot. Like, no, he's within, like, not within three feet of the puck. Like, goalies don't miss by three feet with a poke mm. check, mm. not at the NHL level. So. I don't know, man. I, I will... I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I thought it was a very dirty play. Um, Let's move on Mm -hmm. to weekly one-timers. Our first weekly one-timer. Sad one here. Tony Granato, um, obviously very famous player, and he was recently the Wisconsin Badgers coached. Uh, He was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma. So um, we're wishing the very best for him. I know when we had Piper on, she spoke very, very highly of Tony Granato. So, um, yeah, wishing him and his family nothing but the best. Yeah. Yep, seems like it. All the everything you hear about Tony Granato is, is just what a great guy he is. So, um, yeah, wishing him the best. Our next weekly one timer. Craig Berube has been relieved of his coaching duties for the San Jose. <laughs> you want to take it? Just take it. Craig Berube relieved of his coaching duties for the St. Louis Blues. So Thank he's you. no longer the coach. And they promoted the AHL Springfield coach. Okay, I'll take it back. I got it. The AHL Springfield coach, Drew Bannister, uh, on an interim basis. Um, And I guess it just goes to show that any coach can get fired at any time, right? Because the St. Louis Blues had no success in their entire franchise. Craig Berube comes in, does the most incredible thing, takes a team from absolute last in the league, turns them around, Gives them this. Why are you making that face, Curtis? No, uh, continue. Finish Wins the them story. the Stanley Cup. Finish the story. And yes, then just the a Stanley f- Cup. Just yep. a few years later, he is Stanley canned. So we're not. That didn't s- make sense. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that earlier Stanley Cup. But are you suggesting that the Blues are going to win the Stanley Cup this season? Oh, going to run it back? No, I'm not no, suggesting okay. that. No, I don't think they're very good. Um, our ne- you know what the uh, the GM there is Doug Armstrong I think yes, is his name Doug he Armstrong. had an interesting yep. presser today he basically said something like if I were to get fired tomorrow or get hit by a bus would I feel like the team is in a better place than like how I got it and I wouldn't so therefore I'm firing Craig Berube it I didn't quite understand the reasoning and I'm not quite getting the quote right I, I saw the quote as well and if he genuinely believes that he hasn't made the organization better I can't imagine anyone else is going to believe that well they yes. didn't make the playoffs last year and I I just don't think the roster is that good now yeah. Jordan Kyrou's like way off his num- big numbers last right. year because he had I think he had 37 goals last year and he's only got a couple goals this year yeah. so far so all right our final weekly one timer. 
Uh, the Capitals and the Wizards are pre- uh, apparently <laughs> moving to Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah, it's uh, really early stages, and there's always government money. But apparently there is a uh, behind-closed-doors agreement with Ted Leonsis, that owner of the Wizards and the Capitals, about moving the team to Virginia. Not surprisingly, not the last couple of years, he's been trying to get Washington, D.C. to throw in some money to upgrade their current arena. And anyway, I think this thing's a long way of being done, but it definitely people think it's done deal. I don't think it is yet. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. They have to build an arena too there. So it oh, wow. might, might take some time. Those are our weekly one-timers. Wait, I do want to call out the World Junior A Challenge. Okay, fine. Do it. Uh, because uh, <laughs> it was on there. I skipped it because I didn't yeah, think it Caden Shuhan from uh, the Sioux City Musketeers is playing for in that challenge. Uh, he's actually from Everett. Oh, okay. Uh, so stick taps to him. He's got two assists in the first two games for the U.S. So I, I thought I'd call that out. All right. Very good. Uh, are those our weekly one-timers? Those are. Okay. Do you want to make the sound again? Whoosh. All right. Uh, we close the show with our tweets of the week. John, your tweet of the week. So uh, there was a uh, footage of Stinger, the Columbus Blue oh, Jacket. Oh, yeah. I the saw Columbus it. Blue saw Jacket um, playing against a bunch of teams, probably during intermission or something, a bunch of little kids. And uh, he takes it, goes end to end, and and roofs it on some kid goalie. Snipe. And, and uh, <laughs> Total snipe. Uh, Arda Ocal from ESPN kind of tweeted, hey, Stinger CBJ, why do you why do you hate kids? And Stinger replies, "Once a child snubbed me on a high five for no reason. Now I make sure every kid has a reason if they don't high five me." <laughs> All right, um, I do like that one, Curtis. You didn't write anything down here. Do you have one? Yeah, I'll do one. Okay. Uh, He's throwing darts. He just threw a dart yeah. at a dartboard. Uh, Thomas Drance, writer uh, for the Vancouver Canucks for The Athletic, uh, says this. The good news is that the Canucks have stopped doing Sweet Caroline as a third period sing-along while leading, which is good because it's a Red Sox thing. The bad news is that they've replaced it with Take Me Home Country Roads, which is a St. Louis Blues thing. Mm-hmm. No original thoughts. Up there, now I'm I conflicted. I had a plan for the outro song, and now I feel like it would be applicable to do... Uh, country roads, but Those are two pretty good. Songs. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with my okay yeah. previous plans. Yeah. So Do we'll it. see if you guys pick it up when I get to it. My tweet of the week. Um, so the Twitter intern put out today. That's not the tweet of the week, but um, <laughs> they did this drill at the optional skate on Wednesday where they had four big blue circles and they put a player in each of the blue circles and it was basically like a four on four game, but one player from each team, excuse me, two players from each team had to stay in one of the circles is what they were doing. So does that make sense? So they could like use them as passing targets, but they had to like stay anyway. So we just put out, uh, Hey, there's these uh, four blue circles. What do you think this drill is called? Wrong answers only. And we got a whole bunch of responses that were pretty good. My favorite one was crack until I die said it was called ice twister which uh, I thought was pretty good. <laughs> so there's also one that was like slightly inappropriate that was really, really funny, and I'll share that one with you guys also after the, <laughs> after the show. Take it away, John. That wraps up episode 265. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our Patreon members. 
You can join at patreon.com slash sound of hockey. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Leave your five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And we will read it on the next week's show. Cheers. You don't know my name. They call me the Wanderer. Yeah, the Wanderer. I roam around, 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 around. That was pretty good timing. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.